morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, November 13th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Everyone, welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you three times a week to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Today is Friday, and I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the weekend. So let's go ahead and get started with a moment of prayer. Let us pray. Holy God, your love touches us. And when your love touches us, we cannot help but be sanctified be changed, to be moved, to know love in a deeper and more intimate way. May we recognize your love this day. Amen. Amen. Our scripture today is from the first chapter of the book of Philippians, verses 3 through 11. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart, for all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. Terror for our Friday fun question. What is a word that you always mispronounce? So many words, Brett. <laughs> and the phenomenon is that a lot of times if there's a word, I'm worried that I will mispronounce. I obsess about it so much that invariably I mispronounce <laughs> I totally, it. Do you know what I, I mean? Like so if there's much. something in my sermon, I'm like, oh, I got to remember that. And then... Like five minutes before I'm preaching, I'm like, wait, is it this way or that way? It's just a mess in my head. I used to uh, get contribution. I would say contribution. Why? <laughs> I do not know. And we won't even get into Bible names. What about you? The Amorites and the Jebusites and uh-huh. the Shittites. Mm-hmm. And the Hittites. Other, Hittites. Um, well, I, if I am not being intentional, especially when reading a text, if I haven't gone through it, a few times I will stumble over my words consistently. The one that I mispronounced as a child that I mispronounced way too long into life because my parents never corrected it because they thought it was funny mm-hmm. was the word cell phone. I would pronounce it like telephone and say cellophone. <laughs> and they just thought it was so cute. Like I was funny. I was like ten, like way too old <laughs> to be like doing it. And they just let it go and never corrected me. That's hilarious. (laughs) But back to our passage in Philippians. What does it mean to have love overflow with knowledge and full insight? 
So I think that is the idea that your love has grown more and more. And because your love has grown, you are able to discern a better way. Hmm. You are able to have more knowledge. I keep thinking of that um, Mr. Rogers quote who said, it is impossible to hate someone once you know their story. And so I think there's this idea that our love will grow so much that will also grow in other areas. And you would you would see it borne out in the decisions we make. I mean, I really think what Paul is writing here is about an ethic of how to live. Mm-hmm. What do you think when you hear that? Yeah, it you know, it always feels like we're so inundated with language because we are a culture that reads and writes and listens and watches that you get to this point where uh, you're like, what does this word even mean? Uh, and, and so we have to find new and creative ways of describing, you know, what is this word? And uh, we see it through you know, stories and narratives. And I think love is one of those words. And I think this is a wonderful thing that Paul's doing of, you know, he can leave it just that, you know, that we need to have love. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. That, that that makes sense, right? But this idea that our love overflows with knowledge and full insights, it's, it's moving beyond um, a cheap love. It's moving beyond uh, an emotional uh, feeling. It's, it's this love that becomes uh, so written on your heart um, that, as, as you said, uh, transforms how we interact in every part of our day interacts on how we um, interact with other people. So, you know, if love is written on my heart, uh, I'm more willing to think about, you know, what's, and they do something wrong to me. What was their story that led them to this point? Uh, Like that requires knowledge and full insight that only comes from love. Yeah. And I, what Paul is really saying here is that you would be so rooted in love that you could determine what is best. How many times have we made decisions out of fear mm. and even out of anger? Mm. And Paul is saying, at just as Christ, everything Christ did was born out of love, it's supposed to be the same with us. Yeah. So I think sometimes I have to think about what would this look like if I decided this out of love and not out of fear or anger or Ego. Or ego or anxiousness. Anxiousness. That's <laughs> um, a big one. I think that's that's one that we've talked about that, that can rule uh, many of our middle class lives yeah. of, of the anxiety of, of, you know, we're not going to say fear because that feels like a little extreme, but the anxiety of, of what uh, would happen if, if uh, I gave up this or the anxiety of what would happen if this didn't work out the exact way that I wanted it. Yes. And I think, again, this relates to that that good work that Christ began in us. Paul is saying we should be able to see it. You know, if Cornel West thinks, uh, you know, justice is what love looks like in public, I think Paul would say, I should be able to see your love Hmm. in in everything that you do, in the decisions you make, in where you spend your money, in how you spend your time. Um, And that is daunting. Yeah. I think. It's daunting and really, really hard work. Yes, <laughs> it's it's not it's not something you can do passively, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, you know, how I can go through my life of when I'm driving. I'm like, oh, when 
I don't remember the past couple of minutes. Like I was yes. just on autopilot and I think that that's how we can be in our lives of we're just such on autopilot moving that we didn't pay attention to any of the trees that were going by us or any of the other things that were on the road or the other people. Mm-hmm. And I do think that we are also called to love ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think of Jesus, Jesus interacting with the public was certainly grounded in love and a wanting to call them back to the way of God. But Jesus also took time to replenish his soul in prayer. Yeah. Um, he didn't eat a lot of fast food. Just kidding. Um, but, you know, I, I do think we have to remember that we have to love ourselves, too. Yeah. We have to see what that looks like. And that's really the only way, one of the only ways I think that we become better lovers of other people. If, if we are to love others as ourselves, we don't love ourselves, then yeah. we're going to do a crappy job loving others. Then That's a good point. <laughs> people learn how to love, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And... Some people learn how to love well, and some people couldn't recognize it, you know, if it was in front of them every day, and a lot of us are in between. Mm-hmm. So I do like the idea, too, that we should we should grow in our love, and I think that's actually what the gospel teaches me more than anything. Because there, I mean, there is such thing as a toxic love of, yeah. of that that is more narcissistic and self-serving to yourself than it is for anything else Um, and and so you need to understand you know where your own pain is so that you can love yourself even in that pain so it doesn't come out in this toxic way of your quote-unquote loving someone but it's really all about you (laughs) and and your own insecurities and hurts isn't that the truth (laughs) and i i think about for me and raising children it was a shock to learn that you know when they're very small you give them what they need you feed them, you kind of, you know, but when they become teenagers, part of my work as a parent is to not give them everything hmm. so that they can experience disappointment, build resilience. And um, I just like spoiling them. <laughs> <laughs> and the truth is, I'm not good at, you know, denying stuff for myself. But anyway, <laughs> let's stop there. And our closing quote is from Matthew Henry's commentary on the Bible. Let us not leave it doubtful whether any good fruit is found in us or not. A small measure of Christian love, knowledge, and fruitfulness should not satisfy any. Hmm. Amen. Thank you all for being with us. We hope you have a wonderful, restful, and safe weekend. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others knowing that the grace and love of God is upon you. Amen. Amen.